Well, good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. What a fantastic day to be in God's house. This morning, um, we were getting ready. The girls were getting ready. All the hair. We had curlers in the hair. I mean, it was just all, it was one of those mornings. You know what I'm talking about? I have three girls, and so we had curlers in the hair last night, and so everybody's waking up, getting ready. Um, we had a, one of the preachers on TV, and so they were just kind of listening as we're kind of walking around, and my youngest daughter comes up to me. She says, Dad i got a question for you. So I'm thinking, this is going to be really deep and spiritual, right? She heard one of these great preachers preach. And so she goes, Dad, how come some preachers preach so short? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Tell me that. That's not the way you're supposed to be talking to your dad. How come some preachers preach so short? I had somebody else send me a, a, a joke this week. And um, it was a really nice joke, and so I want to tell you the joke and pass it on to you. It was about a, a preacher and a taxi cab driver who actually, um, they, they died on Easter and went to, the, to heaven. And at the pearly gates, St. Peter said, come on in, let me show you where your mansion is. So he starts walking down the streets of gold with these two guys. And um, he stops at this big, huge mans- mansion, and it had, a, had an Olympic-sized swimming pool, had the jacuzzi, had a bowling alley. It was a fantastic mansion, and, and said, taxi cab driver, this, is, this one's yours. And he's like, wow, thank you so much. And so uh, the preacher in his mind is going, man, this is going to be great. If that's what the taxi cab driver got, I can't wait to see what I got. So they keep walking down the street of gold, and they turn, make this turn. And then there's this old shack, and it's falling apart. And the St. Peter says, preacher, that one's yours. Preacher's like, wait, time out. There, there must be some mistake. That, that can't be mine. He says, oh, yeah. He goes, well, how come? He said, well, every, sun, or every Easter, people would fall asleep in your your, your messages. He said, that's why you get that. Seriously. What about the taxi cab driver? He said, well, the taxi cab driver, every time somebody rode with him, they prayed. <laughs> and then the email said, pastor, I hope you have a great sermon on Sunday. <laughs> Man, can you believe that? I appreciate you guys passing on jokes to me. Uh, hopefully there wasn't anything meant by that. But anyway, uh, if you have your Bibles, Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5 is where we're going to be going today, and we're going to be looking at an incredible passage. The question that we asked just a minute ago in the video is a very pointed question. How do, we, how do I get to heaven? How would you answer? Are there multiple ways to get to God? Is there just one way? Or can we try lots of different ways? Let me give you some different quotes from different people. You ready? As you're looking at, for Revelation chapter 5, just go to the end of your, your, the Bible where you find the maps and just go backwards a few pages and you'll find Revelation. Revelation 5. Here's what some people said and how they responded to the, are there many ways to God? Kathy, she said this, all religions are the same. Religion is basically guilt with different holidays. That's pretty tough, isn't it? Frederick the Great, here's what he said. All religions must be tolerated, for every man must get to heaven his own way. The Dalai Lama, the 14th one, said this. This is my simple religion. There is no need for temples, no need for complicated philosophy. Our own brain, our own heart, is our temple. The philosophy is kindness. George Bernard Shaw, this is what he said. There is only one religion, though there are hundreds of versions of it. Seneca the Younger said this, Religion is regarded by the common people as true, by the wise as false, and by rulers as useful. 
Isn't that pointed? How about Edgar Allan Poe? All religion, my friend, is simply evolved out of fraud, fear, greed, imagination, and poetry. Bono, maybe you listen to what he says. The church has its problems, but the older I get, the more comfort I find there. Muhammad Ali, rivers, ponds, lakes, and streams, they all have different names, but they all contain water, just as religions do. They all contain truths. How about Oprah Winfrey? I know, I got a few emails, not too bad last week. I mentioned Oprah, every time I mention Oprah, I'm not saying anything bad about her right now yet. (laughs) All right, here's what it says. Here's what she said. There are many paths to God other than Christianity. There couldn't possibly be one way to heaven. Now listen, this is Resurrection Sunday. This is Easter Most of us have come to this church today and we're celebrating because we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. That's why we're here. We celebrate it and we're we're proud of it and we make no bones about it. We are thankful that God would love us that much to send his son. Now, there are some people in this place that you're here because your spouse forced you. Maybe you're here because your kids made you come. There are some who who really, you, you don't really want to give religion a thought. You don't want to give God a thought. You don't even know if you believe that there is a God or if there's an afterlife. You're just here because you're here. And so here's what we want to do today. I am truly honored that you're here. And I am thankful that you have chosen to, to come to church when you didn't have to come. When you didn't have to choose to come even here to this place. You passed a, a hundred churches just to get here. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for coming. And I want to, as your friend, listen, I, I care for you, and I, am, I want to be your friend, and today I want to come alongside you, and I want to walk through this question. The series that we're in is called Mythbusters, and the reason why it's called Mythbusters is because there are lies that we often believe, that we think that are true, and we want to believe them because it makes us feel good, but quite often what we need to understand is that the Word of God actually speaks something different, and I want to walk with you through this question. Are there many ways to God? And I want to help. If you would just give me a hearing, without putting up the wall, without pushing back, just just give me a hearing for a few minutes. And I hope today that you'll see how important Jesus is. Now, if you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I pray today's message encourages you to celebrate who Jesus really is. Because he is worthy of all praise and honor. Revelation chapter 5, here's what we have. Revelation chapter 5, John is the one who is writing. John is the youngest of all the disciples, and now most of the disciples have all died. More than likely, all the disciples have been martyred at this point. He is now the oldest. He is the oldest living disciple. He is he's old. He's kind of crippled. He barely can get around. He's, he's writing, and God does something very unique. While John is in exile for preaching the gospel, he's worshiping God on a Sunday the first day of the week, and God shows up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine worshiping God on an island? Many of us would say, hey, I'd like to go to an island right now. But John's worshiping, and as he's worshiping, God shows up and he says, John, I want to show you some things. I'm going to show you the future, and I'm going to show you heaven. I'm going to show you some things, and I want you to write them down so people can see it and so they can know it. Revelation chapter 5, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Here's what we have. 
Revelation chapter 5, go on down to verse 9. Here's what the Bible says. And they sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation. Worthy. Did you see that word? Verse 9. Worthy are you to take the scroll. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the day to be able to celebrate Jesus Christ rising from the dead. What an amazing God you are. I pray that as we sing that it has been a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And now as we get into this moment, I pray that the Holy Spirit would fill this place. I pray that you would guide and direct my thoughts and my tongue and my words. God, I pray that you would... Your Holy Spirit would open our ears so that we'd hear clearly from you. God, we came expecting to hear from you. So God, I pray that you would do a work. Remove distractions. God, remove everything else so that, Father, we're able to hear from you. And I pray your Spirit would speak clearly into our souls. I pray today that, Jesus, you would be lifted high in this place. And that lives would be changed. In Jesus' powerful and precious name, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right, so here's what we have. If you open your bulletins, I do have a little bulletin insert. That way you can follow along, you can fill in the blanks, and you'll also know when we fill in the last blank, we'll be basically done. So that is going to help you out and to know how much longer we have. All right, so fill it out. We'll be putting it up on the screen. <laughs> we'll be helping you out. All right, so here's, what, here's the very first thing that we have to talk about. Who is worthy? Who is actually worthy to be God? Who is worthy to be the Savior? Who is worthy for you to actually follow? Who is worthy for you to place your faith in? Who, what religion is right? I mean, there's a lot of religions, right? There's a lot of religions not only here in America, but there's religions all over the world. Which religion is true? Which religion is right? Because most of the time what we're hearing now is that all religions lead to the same place. All religions are equally true. So which one is worthy? Your first blank is who is worthy? Go back to your Bibles, Revelation chapter 5, and here's what we begin to see. Verse 1, Then I saw in that right hand of him who was seated on the throne. God Almighty is sitting on the throne. So John is writing, and he says, On the throne he has a scroll within, and on the back it's sealed with seven seals. And verse 2, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who? Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look in it. No one was worthy. No one, did you catch this? No one was worthy in heaven. Out of all the angels, all the supernatural beings, no one was worthy on earth. All the people who have ever lived, no one was worthy. And even those who were under the earth, all demonic forces, no one was worthy. The call goes out, who is worthy? John In this moment, he looks around and all heaven and all creation is silent because no one is able to step up. And look what happens with John's emotions. He's immediately stirred within saying, wait, somebody's got to be worthy. Who's worthy? Verse 4, I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll. No one. Imagine this moment. Imagine this place. No one was worthy to come into God's presence to take the scroll. No one was worthy to open it. 
No one had the power. No one had the authority. No one was worthy to step up. And this is where we ask ourselves the question today. Who's worthy? Which religion is it worthy of your time? Which religion is worthy of your money? Which religion is worthy of your service? Which religion is worthy of you giving your life in servitude? Which religion is worthy of you stopping and meditating on? Which God? That's a good question, isn't it? Which God? It is interesting. Here's your next blank. That God is out and spirituality is in. God is out, spirituality is in. What do I mean by that? In 1966, April the 8th, Time Magazine asked this question. Is God dead? It was on the front cover. And the question began to ring throughout because not only here in America, but around the world, theologians and other people in church and and academians, they were asking this question, is God dead? And everybody was proclaiming that God had died and that he was no longer. Secularism swept through our nation where it became the fad that if you were intellectual, if you were smart, if you were highly educated, then you had to believe that God is dead. That to believe in God was only for those of inferior intellectual thought. Now hang with me for a second. We went several decades with God being inferior, thinking about God was inferior. And so here's what's happened now. There's now been a switch and there's now been a move. God is out, but guess what has come in? There's been this vacuum and everybody and their dog wants to be spiritual. Everybody wants to talk about being spiritual. I'm spiritual. And what we have done is this. We have begun to take from every religion. Hey, I need to meditate. Hey, I need yoga. Hey, I need this. And we, yoga, I know there's some stretches. Those are good for you. Don't worry. I just, I can't stretch. I can barely touch my toes. No, I'm just, so here's, so here's what we have. We have everybody saying, I'm spiritual. Erwin Lutzer, the, the pastor of the famed Moody Bible Church up in Chicago. He was talking about meeting a lady and she was wearing a cross and he says, We do have a wonderful Savior, don't we? And her response was, she rolled her eyes and she said, well, I don't think of the cross the same way you do. And she removed the cross, and underneath the cross was the Star of David. And then she moved the Star of David, and then she she showed him a necklace. And it was a trinket that symbolized the Hindu god Om. And here's what she said, I'm in social work. I've discovered that people find God in many different ways. Christianity is but one path to the divine. Just one path to the divine. Time Magazine, this uh, screenwriter Marty Kaplan says this, What attracted me to meditation was its apparent religious neutrality. You don't have to believe anything. All you have to do is do it. I was worried that reaping its benefits would require some faith that I could only fake. But I was happy to learn that 90% of meditation was only about showing up. So God is out, spirituality is in. And what we have done is this. You can be spiritual now without God and without beliefs. Does that make sense? You can be spiritual. Where everybody wants to talk about how spiritual they are, but they don't need God and they don't need anything to believe in because they can believe in everything that they want. And the question comes back, who truly is worthy? Who's worthy? Here's your next one. Ready? Only one's worthy. Only one is worthy. Now, I'm going to give you two statements, and then we're going to talk back and forth, and I want to play out, and I want to give you two principles. 
These two principles, as we're laying this out, let me help make sure we understand something. You ready? Whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, you live these two principles that I'm about to fill in for you. You live them no matter what. Whether you're a religious person or maybe you're just a good moral person, you're going to live these two principles whether, whether you like it or not. These are facts. You ready? Here's the principles. One is this. The punishment must fit the crime. The punishment must fit the crime. And debts must be paid. Now let's talk for just a second. You ready? The punishment must fit the crime and debts must be paid. Have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? You don't have to raise your hand. I asked in the first service and I had half the crowd saying no. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> they said, no, I've never gotten a speeding ticket. I had so many little ladies in the last service tell me how many that they have never, ever once been stopped. And I'm like, good for you. <laughs> and then they looked at me like I'm, I'm a crazy guy because I'm, pastor, you know you're not supposed to be, I, I understand. All right, so I've only got, I used to brag to my wife, I used to brag to my wife at how that I'd never gotten a speeding ticket and since then, I mean, all hell has broke loose on speeding tickets. <laughs> not even kidding, I was, I was going to be studying on Thursday, right? And so Thursday, um, I'm taking the kids to school. And as I'm taking the kids to school, my brakes start smelling and they start gripping and grinding. I'm like, ah, no. So I'm taking the car to get worked on. And as I'm going through town, there happened to be a police officer. I got a ticket. Now, here's the question. If you've ever gotten a ticket, you've never done anything wrong, right? I mean, you're just like, no, I didn't really speed. Okay, a couple years ago, I got another ticket. Now, this is not just confession for the soul. I'm, I'm leaning somewhere. But I got a ticket, and the ticket was for parking on the grass. Okay, now in West Texas, our parking lots are grass. So we go to this ball game, and I'm at a ball game. My daughter's playing softball, and there, was no, and there wasn't a parking spot, so I just pull in the grass. It only makes sense. You park in the grass. Hey, that's a car. It's a truck. And you park in the grass. So I park in the grass or next to a few other people. They come out um, after the ball game. It was a great day. And we come out, and there's a ticket on my dashboard. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I was, I was hotter than a hornet, man. I was just mad. I was just, whew. And so I'm saying, this is what's going to happen. I'm, some of the tickets I deserve. This one, you're parking in the grass. It doesn't make sense. So I'm going to go talk to the judge. Have you ever been to a judge before? <laughs> now, the, now the crowd's getting a little bit lower. They're going, Pastor, you went to the judge? Seriously? Yes. Uh, okay, so I'm waiting. I'm, I'm just waiting for my turn. I'm sitting in the courtroom, and I'm looking around, and I'm watching how this judge interacts with people. She's like Judge Judy. Have you ever seen Judge Judy? Man, she's putting the fear of God in everybody who went up there. So I'm going, okay, I have to be kind. Heath, you need to be humble. You ever talk to yourself and say, okay, calm down, just be humble and just come in nice and soft. So I get up there, it's my turn. I get up to talk to the judge. Judge, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know parking in the grass was wrong. So I'm trying to tell her my life story about being in Texas and she doesn't care. I'm like, what? Everybody cares. So, so I'm telling her the story, she doesn't care. And she says, sir, it doesn't matter. And so then I, I go with sincerity, right? Because sincerity is the best way. Judge, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry I didn't know I will never do it again. I don't want to hurt your grass, right? And it didn't matter. 
And so here's what I'm hoping for. The judge, the punishment should fit the crime. And I was sincerely wrong. But I was sincere. Come on, get, get rid of it. You know, the, so I'm hoping the judge is going to take the $200 and at least take it to zero, right? No. So I went from sincerity, and then I said, okay, I, I need to pull this. I, don't rarely, I rarely pull the, the pastor card. I'm not kidding. Ma'am, just want you to know, <laughs> I'm a pastor. I'm not kidding, man. I, I really did. I'm a pastor. And last night, I, mean, I, I was at the hospital. I, I, I really enjoy people. I care for people. And she, goes, she goes, sir, I believe you're, you're probably a good, you probably do, probably a good person. And then I lean in. Have you ever leaned into a judge? Not good. So the bailiff comes around the corner, right? <laughs> sir! Oh, okay, so I'm backing up. So, so, okay, so sincerity's not working, my good works. I'm telling her how, about, how good. And she just stops. She says, sir, I'm sure you're a good person, but there's a lot of other people in the courtroom. She said, sir, it doesn't matter. What matters is this. Did you park on the grass? Yeah. Uh, yes, ma'am, I did. Well, then you're wrong. Okay, well, can you at least help me out? I've got four kids. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I got four. She goes, sir, I'll take it down to 100 bucks, and you can pay as you walk out. Thank you. Have a good day. Ugh. So I walk out, and guess what I'm having you do? The punishment had to fit the crime. The judge said that there, you did wrong, so I have to pay. So now the debt has to be paid, right? So I have to go up to the window, and I have to pay. So I pay, and I walk out, and I learn them a lesson. In Dallas-Fort Worth, don't park on grass. In the country, it's Okay. Now, this is April. Let me help make sure we understand this. So punishment, punishment must fit the crime. Debts must be paid. This is April, and in the middle of April, there's the, our favorite day of the year for all Americans. In the middle, April 15th, it's, it's the best day in the world because we all ex- get excited about paying our taxes, right? So it's this day where you do your taxes, you pay your taxes, and on April 15th, it's supposed to be done. Now, if you came to the IRS and you said... I really like you guys. You are so nice. You're great. And I really appreciate all the hard work you do. But this year, I don't feel like I deserve to pay taxes. How do you think that's going to go over? It's not, is it? You're still going to pay. Even if you're trying to reduce it. Why? Because debts must be paid. Are you following this? Now track with me. Here's what we read now. One is worthy. Go, go to your passage, 9. They sing a new song, and what are they singing? Worthy are you. Who? The Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Verse 5 helps us understand who the Lamb is. It says, And the one of the elders said, Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered. He's victorious. So that he can open the scrolls. So now they start singing, verse 9. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For Why? For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for many. Now watch. You ready? One is worthy. And here's why one is worthy. Because he was slain. Do you see that? The punishment had to fit the crime. And Jesus was slain. The Bible tells us for the wages of sin is what? For the wages of sin is death. Here's the problem. 
There's been generations before who believed that they have done wrong, that they have sinned and that they have offended a holy God. And they understood guilt, they understood sin, they understand doing wrong and offending God. We live in a day and age where many people say, you know what, I'm a good person. I'm a moral person. I've really, you know, I maybe have done a few things, but I don't deserve to die and go to hell. I mean, come on. What kind of God would send people to hell? I'm a good person. I don't, I don't really, I don't lie that much. It's just white lies. I, I don't really steal. I do my taxes. I've been a moral person. I have good kids. I'm a great grandparent. I'm not that bad. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Maybe you've said that. I'm, I'm, I don't deserve that kind of, that must be a really bad God, a really mean God to put and send somebody to hell. Now watch, you ready? What is sin? What's sin? Sin is this. You can be a good person. You can be a great person. You can love your spouse. You can have good kids. You can have a good job. You can do a lot of humanitarian things. But when you stand before God, who is the creator of the universe, he's not going to ask about all the good things that you've done. The creator of the universe, who created you, who gave you all your talents, who, who makes your muscles work, who gives you breath in your life, who causes your neurons to work inside your brain so that you can talk and interact, so that your body can grow. The God of the universe who created you, watch, watch, because he created you, then he is the highest, he is the, in the created order, he gets to command all of creation. Do you understand this? He causes the sun to fire. He causes the moon to rise. He causes the fish to swim. He created it all. And all creation obey him. Now watch. And in the created order, no matter how good you say you are, because you are created, when you choose to live your life without God, without consciousness of who he is without God involved in your life when you say God I don't need you I want to do it my own way here's what you have done you have broken you have broken the created order because creation never gets to tell the creator I don't want you does that make sense so when you stand before God and you're going to give all the excuses of how good you are and all the great things that you've done for humanity The charge that's against you is that you, as a created being, have violated and broken the created order because you have rejected and removed yourself from God and you lived without God. Your punishment, my punishment, is death. Wait, why, why is it death for all eternity? Now watch. Who is God? He is infinite. He is Almighty, all-knowing, eternal, right? And because he's eternal and completely holy, pay attention to this, the offense in saying I don't need God, the break is an infinite break. Does that make sense? It's broken, and the only thing that can pay that debt is an infinite payment. So as good as you want to be, you'll never earn your way to fix the infinite break, the eternal break. As sincere as you want to be, does that make sense? Are you following this? You'll never be able to fix that. 
And here's the reason why there's only one that's worthy. Look what it says. Worthy are you who was slain. Do you see that word? In Jesus' death, the reason it's accepted is because Jesus was perfect, holy, righteous, good, eternal. And his death is an eternal debt paid to fix the break. Does it make sense? Now follow this. Because his debt, the debt was been paid, now watch. The punishment fit the crime. Now you go to the next part. It says ransomed for many. I love this word. Because this word means this. That Jesus took my place. He stepped in. He says, Heath, you can't pay it. But Jesus, I can. And he says, I'll pay the eternal debt. And all you have to do is ask for forgiveness and give your life to me. Isn't that amazing? The reason we celebrate is because Jesus died and he rose again. See, Acts chapter 4 says this. There's no other name, no other name given to men under heaven whereby you can be saved. There's no other name. Where Jesus begins, where Jesus separates himself is this. Muhammad, he taught you how to be good. All other religions, you start going all the way through all other religions. Buddha, all other religions, they try to change your behavior and change your morals, and they try to help you become a better person. You want to die and go to heaven in Islam? Make sure you kill a bunch of people. And you're... It's a shoe in. You'll get to go straight to heaven. All other religions, you must work to pay off your debt. You must get rid of the bad, breathe it out. You must do something in order to get it out. And here's where Jesus separates everything for us. You will never be able to do enough good to pay that debt. And Jesus steps in. Instead of us having to work our way to God, which we could never do, God himself comes down to us. And Jesus pays the debt you couldn't do. So all other religious movements, Jesus is not in competition with. He completely is other. He separates himself because you try to earn it, you try to do it, you try karma, you try whatever you need to try to earn your way to get to a better life at the end, reincarnation, whatever it takes. I don't want to be a bug. Jesus separates himself and he says, you can't do it, so I'll do it. Now, there's a new math out right now. When I grew up, one plus one equals what? Okay, now there's a new, there's a new math in school and so there's a lot of different ways to do math. My elementary kids, they come to me, Dad, can you help me do math? And I say, sure. And I do the math problem real quick and they say, Dad, that's not how you do it. What are they teaching you? I don't know. Now, my wife's a teacher, so I'm fixing to get in trouble. I've got to watch, walk the line. Math, even though there might be new ways to try to work the problem, there's still only one answer. Does that make sense? There's only one answer. So whether my kids come to me and say, Dad, I, how do you get there? I don't know how you get there according to new math and all the rules, but I know that's the answer. Jesus in John chapter 10 says this, I am the door. I'm the door. I'm the gate. If any man wants to come to me, 
He must enter by me. And if he enters by me, he can go in and out and find green pastures. Jesus is the door. He's the one, he's the only, and he makes the offer plain. So here's what we have. Ready? Watch what happens in the next part of this passage. I want to give you the blanks. We'll fill it in and we'll be done. Celebrate. We celebrate Jesus because his death, we celebrate Jesus because his death purchased our debt. This is why we celebrate today. Jesus' death purchased our debt. And his resurrection guarantees our forgiveness. It guarantees our forgiveness. Have you ever bought something without a warranty? I like to buy things with warranties. Now, back in, um, right before Christmas, I bought a new phone. I bought this new phone, and I was really excited about it, and I was like, ah, oh, this is great. And I didn't fully buy all the warranty, I guess, that you're supposed to buy. And so what happened was just a few weeks ago, the phone was dropped. Have you ever dropped your phone? I didn't put a cover on it because, hey, I'm not going to ever drop my phone. Plus, it slides into your pant pocket a lot easier if you don't have the big bulky case. So when the phone dropped, it did what? Shattered. It just cracked all over. So I'm thinking, well, this is no big deal. I'll just use it for a little while, and I'll just later on take care of it. My ears started bleeding. My fingers were bleeding. So I said, well, I guess i got to go get a new phone. So I I go in, and I get a new phone. And the first question they ask is, well, sir, did you buy the, the warranty? Warranty. That's a good idea. How much does that cost? If you don't have the warranty, it doesn't work. And then there's also, I said, well, what does it cover? So maybe I need to buy the warranty next time. She said, well, sir, it it wouldn't have covered this. You would have still had to pay 100 bucks. Well, then what's the point of a warranty? Have you ever had one of those conversations where you buy the warranty, but it's not really covered in this problem? The best thing that happens with Jesus is this. You ready? It's guaranteed. There's not a long list of exemptions. It's guaranteed. Now watch what happens in heaven. So they begin to sing. and says, worthy are you. By your blood you ransom people from every tribe and language and people and nations. Verse 11. Then John says this. Then I looked and I heard around the throne the living creatures. The elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads, or thousands upon ten thousands upon ten thousands. All heaven begins to erupt with song and praise. Can you imagine? I can't sing very well. But can you imagine angels erupting in song and all the glory and all the beauty? And here's what it says. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and might and honor. And I heard every creature. Now all the creation begins to sing in this song. In heaven and in earth, those under the earth, and they all begin to say, Worthy is Him who sits on the throne, the Lamb, to be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Why do we celebrate? We celebrate because Jesus Christ is risen. His death pays our debt. And his resurrection is our guarantee that you can have forgiveness. It's a guarantee. Now watch. There are some in this room today, you have been saved. And you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And this is worthy of us to celebrate to stop, to pause, and we say, thank you, Jesus, for the debt that's been paid. I can't pay it, and Jesus, you paid it, and worthy are you. So it should cause us to celebrate. There's some in this room, you've been running from God. You've been running from God for way too long, and you didn't even want to come to church. Maybe this has been the first time you've stepped in, in the church door in the last 10 years, and you're here today, and you didn't want to come. Today's the day to get it right. 
Please, I'm not sure God will accept me. The beautiful thing about my God is this, that his grace is greater than any sin that you could ever have. His grace is greater. And he offers salvation. Well, he, you know what? I'm, I've been in church for a long time, and, and I'm, I just struggle. Sometimes I struggle with my salvation. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that I really know Jesus Christ. But yet, I've been in church for a long time, so I'm sure I'm okay. Can I just help you out? If you're constantly struggling with your salvation, if you're constantly struggling with your salvation, that's the Holy Spirit saying you need to get something right. Well, Heath, I did it when I was three years old. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you don't remember what you actually did. You don't remember trusting Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. Satan would rather you be content and rather you think that you're okay as you go all the way to hell. The Holy Spirit's saying, do something about it. You can walk out of this place knowing for sure, being guaranteed that you are saved. Why? Because Jesus Christ died and he rose again. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you haven't trusted Jesus Christ today, if you haven't, it is so simple that a child can do it. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Admit your guilt. Believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. Call on him. Ask him to be your Savior. And then confess him as your Lord and Savior. It's so simple. Matter of fact, it's so simple that I would like to pray with you right now. Would you just bow your heads, close your eyes? Some of you are saying, I need to get this right. I need to take care of it right now. Let me lead you in a simple prayer as the musicians begin to come up. Dear Jesus, please forgive me. I know that I've done wrong. I know that I broke the created order trying to do life on my own. I'm sorry. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. I'm accepting that payment and that gift of salvation. Jesus, I ask you now to be the Lord, the leader of my life. I give you my life. Thank you in Jesus' name.